This is the Bali Song, a show about Filipinos and long-distance relationships. I'm KP, and my pronouns are he and they. In this inaugural episode, recorded one month ago on August 25th, I talked to my partner Zarina about going home to care for her parents in Seattle, Duwamish Coast Salish territory during the pandemic, and about applying to PA programs. At time of recording, I was still at home on the east coast of the United States. I've been reluctant to begin publishing episodes, but there are times where God and the universe seem to push us into proper action regardless of whether or not we're prepared for it. As Vladimir Lenin says, there are decades when nothing happens and there are weeks when decades happen. This seems to be one of those weeks for Zarina. On Monday of this week, she was interviewed for one of the PA programs at the top of her list. And within hours of publishing this episode, her dad will be going in for a PET scan to assess how well his body has been responding to chemotherapy. Beloved listener, if you believe in the power of thoughts, prayers, and positive intentions, all are gladly welcome. Lastly, on Saturday the 26th, she'll be celebrating her 35th birthday. And so, without further ado, here's the episode. Hi. 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 <laughs> Finally got it to work. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, this is the first episode of the Bali Song, uh, and I'm KP, and uh, my pronouns are he and they. I'm joined by my partner, Zarina. Hi. And... Um, I wanted to make sure that the first episode of uh, the Bali song is with you because you are my partner and mm-hmm. um, I think it really sets the tone for what the rest of this thing is uh, and we're the whole country it's easy to say is going through a time of transition uh, and change, but I know that you and I are are really going through our own uh, time of transition and change as well. Correct. Um, hmm? Correct. Correct. Uh, So um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, well, I mean, I wanted to memorialize what's going on right now because you are in the West Coast, where you're we're both originally from, and I'm on the East Coast. And um, I guess there's a whole story behind that. And rather than try to uh, remember it down the line, I thought, like, weeks, months from now, I thought it would be good for, well, for posterity and for um, processing, hopefully, like to talk about it now. How does that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> so, um, why are you on Mercer Island right now? I am on Mercer Island, Seattle, because I have taken a leave of absence from work to help take care of my parents because they are getting old in age and more specifically my dad has been diagnosed with lymphoma and so I'm here to help with my family and take care of my parents it's I I love you honey (laughs) what I say what I do it's just the way that we're talking to each other right now is like very radio-y (laughs) <laughs> just in it's, the two minutes it's imaginary it's imaginary radio mm-hmm. yeah um i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping that at some point we can get to like feeling more natural but you know it's funny to to just hear how we're how we're sounding right now but mm-hmm. so relax a little yeah i mean no judging it is what it is we're, and I'm 
really, really grateful for you coming on here and being the first to dive in. And um, I'm glad that we're able to talk about this stuff and that you're open to like these ideas that I have for, for what I want to work on. So, um, and because I'm thinking of Bali song, like it is a bigger thing, but to bring it back, to bring it back to what it is that we wanted to like make this episode about, um, it's about you going home to Seattle. Um, you mentioned that, and I, I know a lot of this stuff already, but I guess <laughs> it's it awkward. It's like it's an. Your listeners don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess, like, is it there's certain things where maybe I might have to cut it out later because if it's too revealing for F for HIPAA stuff, you just. Um, I'll be fine. Okay, you. <gasps> know what you're talking you know what you're doing when it comes to that stuff anyway yeah okay so uh so you're there for two months Mm -hmm. you are in you're rounding out or sorry you're starting off your fourth week there right now you got there oh yeah i am yeah how you've you've only been with your parents one week well a little over a week at this mm-hmm. point how has maybe well, where should i start oh my gosh i'm all over the place already uh process of getting ready for the trip how about we yeah. start there yeah yeah okay so what was that like so you got <laughs> FMLA. um well it, it's called um it's new york is well it's not technically fmla it's a it's technicality because it's a different kind of benefit so the Oh, what it's called is PFL, which sounds like it's like Filipino football league, but it stands for paid family leave. And it's a shorter process. So it was a lot nicer than the FMLA because I know I've helped fill out forms at my work as a medical assistant in primary care. And it's a lot of detail for FMLA and for PFL, it's a lot less details that they require so um so yeah I I applied for leave through my work and that was pretty fluid because my dad's doctor's nurse oh sorry the my dad's social worker at the hospital was really nice and open to work with me and so I just had to forward her my forms and then they forward them back to me and I forward them to my employers. So that was pretty, that went pretty smoothly. And then everything worked kind of quickly. So I, I was hesitant at first to take the time off because we were looking for staffing for someone to replace me, um, like another medical assistant. And the pickings were really, really not great. So I was feeling a personal pressure of staying because I don't like to leave my team and kind of just the time kept going by and I was feeling anxious about being present at work and finding somebody to replace me while I'm gone and training them before I leave so I felt like I had a lot on my plate at the time but I felt a lot of support from my coworkers, my boss um and so once once the time came for for me to say I really need to go now like I just got to drop everything and go then things were moving a little faster so uh what what really tipped it off was that my parents there was something I can't remember the exact detail anymore but it was my dad went to chemo and it was an outpatient chemotherapy and his blood pressure was dropping really low and they're monitoring him really closely, but they needed to give him an IV infusion for fluids because of the blood pressure and he was dehydrated and they ended up admitting him into the hospital. And after the second time that had happened, oh no, no, sorry, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. 
think it was the first time that it happened. He was in the hospital and it was really difficult for me to be present at work. So um, that's when I told them that, I told my boss that I, I need to go. And so basically things were in motion within a week and I bought my tickets home. I bought a one-way ticket, first class. My, my actually my second time flying first class but first time enjoying it <laughs> and here I am so it was really stressful at first trying to figure out when I was going to take the leave and that got resolved and the next thing that I had to do was plan for quarantining since we're in this age of this virus and I was looking up, uh, oh no, no, sorry. I was first gonna quarantine with one of my brothers um, and then that became a problem because if I quarantine with one of my brothers, that means that they would have to quarantine with me. So having one less caretaker was not ideal. And so I quickly had decided to rent an Airbnb, but that was, that became really, stressful real fast also because I was first looking for a single room within like renting amongst other people like with the the host in the house and possibly the renters and realized that if I'm going to be quarantining then I should be looking out for the safety of the other tenants so then I started looking for an Airbnb that was completely like the having that renting the complete uh, property to myself. And that was very frustrating because I knew I was going to be by myself at home. So I needed a place with Wi-Fi, and there wasn't a lot of places that were affordable with, <laughs> with Wi-Fi or laundry. Mm -hmm. So then I remembered that your cousin works for um, a company that could help give me a discount for a place to stay. So uh, I, I hit her up and she was just like, yeah, sure. Let me, let me know what, what date or uh, uh, just let me know. Give me your email address. I can send you the paperwork and all that. So, yeah. So then that was a huge weight off my shoulder. I was getting so anxious about just figuring out where I was going to stay. Um, so, yeah. So then I, I came home. Um, let's see. Well, do you mind if I interject right now? Go ahead. So uh, FMLA versus PLA? PFL. PFL. Paid family leave versus FMLA. What is it? Do you know what the difference is between those two things? Not really. I know. I just know that the paperwork for FMLA is a lot more, they ask more detailed questions and a lot of detailed questions. And for paid family leave, they just ask for the, the diagnosing doctor to confirm the diagnosis and then confirm how much time the patient needs care. So it was really easy. Highly recommend. <laughs> it, it helps protect your job. Yeah. Similar to FMLA. Okay. Because I took FMLA for my own. For yourself. For myself. Okay. That's why I have it in our notes as FMLA, because that's what I'm familiar with. <laughs> that's what everyone calls it. But yeah, it's different for the specific um, coverage that I got. Yeah. And then your boss and then your close friend at work the there's a consultant yeah. yeah can we call her by her name yeah okay so meg the meg was like really i mean not just meg but a lot of your coworkers were really really supportive yeah mm -hmm. um, i had kept it from my immediate staff and so it was just within management for a long time until i actually decided on a date to take leave so, so that's why, um, like Meg and a couple other management folks were like crucial in supporting me, making me feel comfortable leaving without me worrying about them. 
Yeah, thank God for Meg. <laughs> uh, yeah, she made things very easy and like, yeah, I, I felt a lot of weight off my shoulder when she just said, oh yeah, just give us a date and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that sounds really uh, reassuring knowing that there's uh, a team uh, that is supportive of you, coworkers who are supportive of you uh, and doing what you need to do. Um, you had to do, did you have to do a pre-trip COVID test or was that something that you wanted to do? I wanted to do it. I don't think anything's really required at this point. It's just a safety precaution and someone is works in healthcare. I just want to be extra sure that I didn't have it before and that I wasn't going to be spreading it to anybody. But even though I work in healthcare, I am very diligent about like hand hygiene. So washing my hands, wearing a mask, taking extra precautions, like, you know, office wide, taking the appropriate precautions if somebody does come in the office, potentially infected with COVID. So I didn't think that I had it ever, but I just want to be careful, like for the sake of others around me and for my parents. Mm-hmm. Well, especially for your parents, if there, if there's any possibility, because mm-hmm. they're both at this point immunocompromised, right? Yeah, yeah, they're both at risk. Yeah. Um, so then I'm going to be heading out there in a couple weeks at this point. Would hey. you- would you suggest that I do a test pre-trip or should I wait until I get there and then do it like right when I get there? Or like what? Um, it doesn't really matter. You can do uh, the at-home test so you don't have to leave the house. And I've created a handy dandy tutorial for that. <laughs> yeah. In case you need it. Yes. I saw your uh, <laughs> Instagram uh, guide. Uh, was was that on IGTV as well? Yes, it is. Okay. Was that your first time to do IGTV? It was my inaugural IGTV, <laughs> and I'm quite proud of it. Great. I created it using stock Apple products. <laughs> <laughs> there is... Uh, it was my, I just put, I was published my first one today too. So we both are venturing into IGTV, I guess. <laughs> um, it's fun. Pardon? It's fun. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, so uh, tell me about the trip itself. We've already talked about this a little bit, but um how did it go like uh oh oh sorry uh before we get to that part you're originally going to fly out there end of september Mm -hmm. uh for your birthday after my birthday after your birthday um is that uh did we did you cancel that trip those tickets or is they non-refundable um so originally oh okay yeah so i originally booked tickets to come out because two of my friends were supposed to get married it was their rescheduled wedding date in september and so i booked a flight home to catch that but also just to come home to visit my parents so this was booked before my parent or before my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it was a two-week trip and basically my my only trip for the year extended trip from work and since covid hit i was able to get a refund and so i got refunded and then i used that credit well i I got refunded in the form of um airline credit and since I was already coming home, I used some of the airline credit to rebook a flight out for for an earlier time. But I was originally going to um, change my my outgoing flight and keep. And I thought that I, my my income, my coming back from Seattle flight was going to be 
non-refundable because I had booked it first class because they were relatively cheap. <laughs> but, um, oh, what happened was the time had changed. Sorry, this is everything I said was a lie. <laughs> Except for the fact that I booked the trip for September. So yeah, well, they were just remember like it's when when we start talking it out. It's like, oh wait, no, that's not really how it. it we, I think what happens is like our brain makes shortcuts for how things happen. And then when we, it's like when you start to really dig into the details, then it's like, oh wait, no, that's not. So we weren't really like trying to mislead anybody, but you know, <laughs> misremembering. I also can't remember things that happened like more than three days ago. <laughs> this was already like a couple months ago. <laughs> so what actually happened was that uh, after I booked my flight, I was going to, or which was a, an economy class to Seattle and a first class to New York. Um, the first class ticket that was also true that it was relatively cheap. So I splurged and got first class and I think it was a red eye. And so I would have really been able to enjoy the red eye relatively again. Um, so then I, I knew that I could switch my outgoing flight to a much earlier date so I could leave sooner. And then I was going to come back to New York for sure on the 30th because that's my, that was my original plan because first class is not refundable. But then I found out that the flight time had changed by over six hours or something like that. And the airline policy is um, if, if your flight changes for a certain amount of time and it's like a, a large amount of time, they will credit you back that amount that you paid for the flight. So I was able to get a refund in airline credit for the return trip. And so I was able to leave it open-ended in case I need to stay here longer. So I um, rebooked first class again, and then um, a one-way trip to Seattle. Woo. And that's how it happened. Yeah. So we kind of got lucky because of that six-hour, over six-hour shift. Yeah. It was weird, though. I, I think it's because of that. I think it's because of COVID is they, they just changed the flight schedule for some reason because it was so far in the future. So, yeah, there was a loophole and it saved me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think at this rate, things are seemingly knock on wood going fine, but I feel better knowing that I can stay here longer if needed. Going fine meaning with your dad? Yes. Okay. Either parents, either my parents, really. With both of your parents, got yeah. it. Um, so, uh, tell me about the trip itself. The trip was pretty cool. Yeah. We were rushing to leave the house in usual fashion, and yeah. <laughs> when we got to the airport, let's see, we took a car to get to the airport, and there were a ton of people checking baggages. Um, and I was freaking out. And so I asked you to look and see if there was a special first class thing because I had a feeling there was. And there was. Well, like, well, I got my, um, what is it called? Well, I checked in my baggage through the kiosk. So, yeah, I was able to drop off my bag and head straight. We headed straight to the pre-check line, which was really empty. And... Yeah that were mm -hmm. two separate lines that were like really empty. Two lines that were empty. So the bag drop off, that was empty. Mm -hmm. Very, a really, you were the only person in line basically. Yeah. And then also like the um, TSA line is also it's pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I, Usually, I had been taking home Levain cookies because my mom loves those and everybody in my family loves them and they're so good. But every single time, well, and I also come home with the like box of eight cookies. <laughs> every time I've done that, I've gotten stopped at TSA. So I did not bring many cookies home this time. And 
I was still a little nervous because like going through the TSA line because I had my laptop, I had the iPad, and then I also had a Chromebook that I bought for my mom. So I had a lot of technology, but they just told me, the TSA workers just told me to take out my laptop and I should be fine. So technically you had two laptops. Yeah. Do you count well, them? the other one is a Chrome. It's, the other one's really just a tablet. It's mm -hmm. not a, it's not actually a laptop. I wouldn't say. But you also have, uh, you also have the like special pre-approved, whatever that is. The pre-check? Hmm? TSA pre-check? Or are you talking about the... I think it's TSA. Faster. <laughs> clear. More speed. Oh, no, no. It's not clear. It's pre-check. Yeah, but did pre-check help at all? Or was it just the, that first class is like, oh, no, you have money, so you're good. First class automatically comes with the express like fast pass through TSA so you get you you automatically get to go through the pre-check yeah. line got it but since I already have pre-check it doesn't really matter yeah mm, interesting mm -hmm. uh, pre-check so is great by the way <laughs> great investment yeah. uh would recommend five out of five so uh to tell you a little bit about uh, when I was, after I dropped you off, mm -hmm. it was on a Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to remember for myself because I was like, what else happened? But it was my end of the story. So mm -hmm. when I left, I was like kind of wandering around a little bit. No, not super wandering around, but I was like trying to figure out how to get to the air train at, at JFK. And I looked at the doors where we had come in and there are signs that say only travelers allowed inside. So uh, I guess I was kind of in violation of that, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll know better for next time, but. Um, so I, uh, was, let's see, uh, was, there's a cat outside that's fighting. In the <laughs> um, I, I was supposed to, uh, no, sorry, supposed to, I have, was just assigned, uh, the, uh, the role of coordinating the lectors at church. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it was like just the day before it was on Saturday that I was like, you know, just like, just like trying to get to the airport. I was kind of scrambling. I was like, oh, I had known about this for a bit, but luckily um, uh, Allison at church, she was responsive and just said, yeah, I'll take care of it. I'll do the reading because I knew that if I had tried to, make it back to um to mass by the time um or sorry make it back make it to mass from the airport basically i should have i would have been sorry i should have like gotten ready for church when i was like going with you sorry before <laughs> oh my gosh confusing uh i should have prepped to go to church and then been ready for church when I dropped you off and then mm -hmm. straight. But that would have meant also like taking a car back from out of JFK all the way back to Brooklyn. And to me that the, just didn't make sense. So then by the time I got home just to our block, it was right before church had started. So there's no way I would have been able to make it to the church on time to be a lector. So, mm -hmm. Uh, so shout out to Allison for uh, <laughs> for helping me out there. Um, so flying first class. Yes. Talk to me. That was pretty fun. Um, let's see. I 
there were not a lot of people <laughs> on the plane. So after after I got through TSA and I was like halfway running to the terminal to try to get there in time because it was supposed to be boarding very soon. And I almost got into the line for a flight going to Bermuda, which is funny because Bermuda's is my maiden name. So I almost, I mean, they wouldn't have let me in. That wouldn't have, that would not have happened. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh oh, they're already boarding, general boarding. Like I'm that late. And then I realized that it was not to Seattle. And I saw my gate had like a handful of people only. And so I just sat there until they called. Let's see. I didn't hear them call first class. Usually it's like one of the first ones. They say they like um, for JetBlue, they say like Mosaic members, welcome or whatever. And then then they'll call like anybody who needs special assistance or with kids or whatever. And then they call first class and then they start general boarding. But they hear it. So I was just like, okay, whatever. Because I heard them say that they were going to board from the back of the plane to the front. So I thought that included her class just to protect them too. Um, but anyway, <laughs> at any rate, there were probably like 20 people on the entire plane. <laughs> and, um, and I think I actually spaced out because there were other first class people on the plane already, which was fine, whatever. And then, um, so I sat in one of the seats where it's just one seat in the row on my side so I had this giant ass suite all to myself and it has this little door thing that closes on the aisle side there's this huge space on the window side for whatever crap that you have with you on the plane <laughs> um, it fully reclines flat and they provide a pillow and a blanket like a comforter blanket and then they also have this toiletry bag from some brand I've never heard of, but it's got like a pair of socks that are super soft, uh, one time used toothbrush and toothpaste, earplugs, eye cover, and I think that's it. And there's like a little tiny, like a small index card that says like, welcome to your flight or something like that. It's signed by the flight attendant. So. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was nice to not to have to worry about where to put my stuff in the overhead bins because people are always jerks and they'll put their bags in the front of the plane even though they're sitting in the back. And so it sucks for all the people that come that get seated later. Um, I got to choose a three course meal which I've never, never, I don't think I've ever had any decent food on the plane. Have, do you, have we ever had any meal, like actual meals on the plane or just like those snack pack things? Um, I think it depends on, oh, I mean, I have, but oh, okay. it was not together. Yeah. I think it was like my Hawaii trip. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so there was a card brochure thing where it had the, the beverages that were available and the food that I got to choose. So I'm going to choose three dishes and it was pretty good. I, I mean, it's airplane food. So I guess like the way they reheat it is like a steam steamer mm -hmm. situation. So there was one food that was, it was like, I think supposed to be like a Monte Cristo, but with a waffle, and it was kind of a weird consistency, but it still tasted fine. I mean, I'm I'm not very picky when it comes to that kind of stuff, if it comes with it. So, yeah, food was good. Did they um? Did they give you real cutlery? The I think the fork and the spoon. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. I I couldn't remember. I got. A fork and a knife. I don't remember if it came with a spoon. There was uh, actual ramekins that it was served in. The food it was served in. And then there was like a little tiny sh salt and pepper shaker. <laughs> like a plastic one. It's like a shape like a... I don't know. Some geometric not sphere sphere. <laughs> Is it, um, but your cutlery, was it made out of metal? 
yeah, it was real silverware. That's so bizarre to me. That seems like they won't let you onto the plane with a knife, but if you're in first class, they'll give you one anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, it's an odd contradiction. Um, it's true. Yeah. Facts. Hmm, facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they did they did you have anything that was like glassware? No, it's a plastic glass. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, they did give me a spoon. I just pulled up the picture. Yeah. Okay. So, would you be cool with posting up all your photos to the website after? Absolutely. Cool. I did also post this on my Instagram, so it's not there anymore though because it was on the stories. Yeah. Funny, so I just got a text from someone <laughs> and I forgot to like put my phone back onto do not disturb. So it just uh -huh. buzzed. Sorry. In any case, uh, wh where am I going with this? Uh, cutlery, cut food. Yeah. Um, cleaning up your thing, disinfecting your oh. thing your thing oh yeah so i bought these alcohol wipes which are cool because you can use them on your hands so it's not like clorox wipes those are technically not for your skin but yeah <laughs> i i wipe down every single surface even though they say that they wipe it down because i'm very paranoid and um i like to be sure that something is clean and there were some parts of it that were kind of grimy still, so. <laughs> but I, I wiped down like, not I didn't wipe down the seat. I just wiped down all of the hard surfaces, um, in the in the area, and it was fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then, <clears throat> when you uh, did you sleep at all on the plane? Yeah. So I. They had uh, like a screen, just like any typical airline does now. But it's a kind of a bigger screen, and so I put on a movie. Felt like I should watch something because anytime I'm on the plane, I feel like I should just watch something. You never know if you're gonna be able to watch it again for free. <laughs> so I put Onward, the Disney movie, and then I reclined my seat a little bit, and then I got, I got really sleepy, so I fell asleep. But it was still kind of awkward sleeping on the plane, even though I got to do the lay flat thing, because where your feet go, it it narrows. So there's not like in the economy, you know how you have that space where you could put the bag underneath. And in, in the mint class, you don't have that space. You have to put all your bags above overhead and where your feet go, it kind of narrows like a funnel shape. So it's, you can't really like, I'm, I guess because I'm a side sleeper, that's why it was weird for me. <laughs> I was trying to sleep on my side and I couldn't. So I had to like prop my feet up, but it was like my neck didn't feel all weird. So that was nice. And it was just nice to have a, a comforter or like, like a substantial blanket on. You could feel the weight of the of the covers on you. Yeah, I don't really like those uh, <laughs> those thin blankets. I mean, they're nice to yeah. keep you kind of warm, but they they don't do much for me. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend doing the doing flying first class again? Oh yeah, I would. I would enjoy that again. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't take the toiletry bag because that's just too much stuff, but. I they do it they can tell if you open it or not there's like a plastic tag that keeps it from zippering open so I don't think I don't think everybody kept theirs so just uh, yeah. evident yeah tamper proof mm -hmm. yeah and then when you got to Seattle um did you take a car did you get picked up no I took the link light rail so I've only ever taken that a handful of times. I can't even remember. But I knew that there was a connection between the airport and downtown Seattle. And that's where I was staying. So I walked to the 
link station and on the map it looked really far so I'm, there was supposed to be a shuttle to take you that offer that that's offered for passengers so I was looking for the shuttle and then by the time I like realized where I was I was already at the station <laughs> so didn't need that but I did have a huge luggage bag and like a duffel so I was kind of lugging it around but it was a short walk for New Yorkers it was totally not nothing to worry about but it was a three-hour ride so I did end up waiting for the light rail to arrive and there were a bunch of people but it was a pretty smooth ride pretty easy there's a there were social distance tape there was social distance tape on the seats so to encourage distancing between passengers but it just looked like a really tiny streetcar <laughs> um and you almost skipped fare oh yeah so it was three dollars and i had ridden the link a long time ago and i knew that there was fare enforcement but it was only you know it's not every single train and so i was like huh i could just hop the theoretical turnstile and just not pay it because what are the chances there's no fair enforcement but I was like no this is not New York City this is Seattle I want to support my city (laughs) however small I can um so I paid for it and there was a fair enforcement a couple stops from where I got off and he was very friendly like that was probably the most Seattle person I'd met (laughs) the entire trip but yeah, so so I'm glad I paid three dollars. It was still a lot cheaper than any kind of car that would have taken me home. So that happened. <laughs> and it's cheaper to pay for it up front than to get a ticket. A ticket. Yeah. Did you did you get an Orca card or did you just get a single fare situation? I just got a single fare because you. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can't get an ORCA card out of the vending machine because it's uh, an RFID card. It's a pretty thick card. I still have my old card somewhere, but I don't think I'll ever need it. But yeah, you have. I think you have to go into downtown office or it gets mailed to you. So you can't get one like you do a Metro card or the, um, oh my the DC card. I could have sworn that you could get one out of the machine, but it's been so long since uh been so long since i've i mean i've had to pay for orca fare <laughs> so yeah i mean i knew i wasn't gonna need one so yeah i wasn't sweating it yeah but i i don't think i don't think they do have them yeah mm. good point yeah oh no computers fall asleep um What's the next thing on the list to talk about? Maybe you can help. Uh, let's see. Or do you need me to? Traveling of the trip itself, flying during COVID. Or did we already touch on that with the whole disinfecting? <laughs> I mean, that seems to be your stand. That's your typical thing you do anyway, right? But... Yeah, everybody's required to wear masks. Um, I wore an N95 and my cloth mask over that just to be really sure Mm -hmm. that I wasn't getting exposed. But that's only because um, I had taken home a couple N95s in the very beginning of the pandemic before there there were all these shortages. So I don't condone people who don't know how to use an N95 to use them unless you've already, unless you happen to have one already, but quick disclaimer <laughs> well, I mean if, if you're hoarding PPE or you're using it incorrectly you're, it's, it's a disservice to everyone else to yeah. uh, to let that go to waste mm-hmm. yeah so then um, you were um, you were in self quarantine you got mm-hmm. to the hotel what was it like in the hotel the hotel was really nice. It was a suite, and when so it had a kitchenette, 
but it was basically a studio part, like a studio apartment. And it was neat because I've never lived in downtown Seattle or close to Seattle. So it was cool to be able to experience that, even though the streets were very bare and everything was boarded up in the shopping district. So that felt weird. But the the place itself was cool. It was a uh, newish, newish looking place. Uh, it had some nice artwork. It just felt very homey. Like there was a desk, there was a couch, um, king size bed, full size fridge, uh, dishwasher. Even though I just hand washed everything, and the bathroom was really nice. It had, I think, it was a uh, handicap friendly or wheelchair accessible, I should say, bathroom because the door was really wide, and then there were no. There were no doors on the shower, so it was just this giant shower, no tub, and a, like half, half covered with glass. And the shower was inside the part that was with the glass. But then there were also those ADA poles, so I think that's why it was designed like that. But the space is pretty cool. I settled. I tried to like unpack all my stuff that day, so I would feel settled in. And wow. It was pretty cool to be isolated there. I I think I would have gone crazy if I was in an Airbnb, especially if I had to stay in my, my room the whole two weeks. <laughs> so I feel really grateful to be able to stay in that space. Thank you, Money Lydia. Thank you. Um, so um, so I'm, I'm not completely understanding like what what would have been different if you stayed in an Airbnb? Well, if I got a room within a house, I probably would have had to stay in my in my room, like avoided anybody in the house yeah. in order to properly quarantine. Right. And if it were if I had an entire place to myself, I mean it was difficult for me to find a spot that was not super expensive. And had Wi-Fi. I thought I thought that would be like a given for an Airbnb, but it's apparently not. Hmm. At least for when I, the properties I was scoping out. Yeah, and I would, I would. I'm not surprised that the availability has gone down for uh, Airbnb unit. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way if there's like mm-hmm. none of availability or even less availability than before just based off of like COVID making things it in a weird way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then what were you working on? While, or, well, what were you doing <laughs> while you were in quarantine? We tried to journal as much as I could. Cause I have a journal that I kept I first got it when my mom got sick with cancer and I didn't use it a lot. So I thought about, it was one of those things where it's like, think about journaling and then the moment would pass and I forgot completely. So when I looked back on that journal, I wish I had written more, but um, and you can't go back in time. So the best I can do is to use it now and use it as often as I can. So I journaled, try to keep track of my days. And also posted on Instagram, and that helped a lot because I was falling off of journaling, and then I couldn't remember anything in the right order. So the the days were really meshing together quickly. But I also spent the whole time, most of it, or tried to, working on my grad school applications. So that was interesting. I definitely could use more, um, uh, what's the word, motivation or, um, I can't think of it. Discipline. Discipline, yeah. I could have used more discipline, but I just, I was feeling really overwhelmed because I thought of the number of um, supplemental application questions that I had to work on. It was just a lot. And at the time, I was intending on applying to UW, and they asked for an entire new, like a secondary personal statement. So 
like I just felt like I was just running really behind so I didn't feel as motivated to do it so then but I did yay so then you to uh continue that particular line of thought you found out something last night and then something happened right before we finished or right before we started this call yeah so this is my third time applying to grad schools and it's been like I thought that in my personal timeline of life I didn't really have a like a an eight like some people have an age that they want to accomplish something like have kids or whatever career accomplishments and I didn't have an age stamped on my my goals but I didn't think I would be still applying to PA schools after being a medical assistant for nine years and so this round what I did differently with your help and one of Brandon's help was to create a timeline and do like really thorough research on schools so I thought that I had done all the work in the beginning, like over a year ago, to research the schools that I'm eligible for. But I found out last night that UW's prereqs require a B minus or better, and that's for all prereqs. And some of the schools, a lot of the schools will only require a certain threshold for science courses, like English or psychology, like those don't usually have a grade requirement. Um, or if they do, it they're a little more lenient on them. But I discovered that UW requires that B minus or better. And they require two English courses, not just one. So when I was look when I was entering my transcript into the supplemental app for UW, um, I got to it was literally the last prereq and it said B minus or better. And so I go to my transcript from Western and I see that my English 101 is a C plus. And I was like, no way, <laughs> this is not real. And I, I, I had just over overlooked it. And so I double checked my, my entire transcript again, just to make sure. And like, just to make sure there was no other English course that I could use to fulfill it. And I had taken two English courses and then one writing intensive course within my anthropology major, but the English 101 and anthro, the writing intensive course were both below B minus. The second English course was an A minus. It was kind of a easy A class, but yeah. So that's when I discovered that I couldn't apply to UW and it was really sad because I really wanted to go there. <laughs> So it was a little difficult. It's still a little raw, but it means that I'm not, it's, it's not my time to go to UW. And I have a bunch of other schools that I'm applying to. So it sucks, but I'm also feeling better about feeling excited um, going for like the possibility of going to another school. So the other schools I applied to, some of them are pretty, they're in cities that seem pretty cool to live in. So one of them is in North Chicago. There's one in Rhode Island. Uh, what is it? North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, oh gosh. I can't think of all of them, but oh well, Wild Cornell, so I could stay in New York. Um, there's one in Virginia, but I don't know the name. But yeah, oh Baltimore, so I could be close to my cousins in D.C. But um, yeah, I was feeling guilty for not for for wanting to have a chance to be in these other cities. So I think this. It's, it's very bittersweet, but it's also a learning process and proof that we're all human and we make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes.
I'm okay. Okay. And what have we always said? Bears get through it together. Yep. The bears get through it together. So then this morning, no, no, not this morning. So this afternoon, I submitted my last application. So I am finally, finally free from these supplemental applications and just applying in general. So now I get to not do anything, but the next harder part is waiting to hear back from schools and hope for an interview or nine. <laughs> and it didn't, and, didn't well, you just finish submitting something right before this call? Yeah, my last application. Uh, I thought you said it earlier this afternoon. That's what I meant. Just before, like just an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that's huge. You got Yay. nine applications done. Mm -hmm. And what were you telling me they would be, or no, you, you wrote about it on Instagram stories. They'd be thrilled. They could be thrilled to have you. I have nine other schools who could be excited to take me. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I put in a lot of work this time. So I don't, I really don't think that I put in nearly as much of work like just in the in the personal statement alone I put in a lot more work into that and I really do feel better about this cycle of applications because of that and I'm hoping that this will be that I'll get rewarded for it by getting accepted but we'll see if I don't get in this round then it's back to the books. I got to retake a few classes and then we'll do this again. Fun times. <laughs> but this, we've done this, how many other rounds? This is the third round of, mm -hmm. of submitting it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. those other two times is a lot I mean there's so much that's different about this than the other two times yeah the other two times I I mean I didn't even apply to any of the same schools as the other two times because the first time I was applying to like west coast and east coast schools I don't even know if I was eligible for them and then the second second round, we were in New York already. So I was applying to New York schools or New York area. And that was pretty bad because I didn't do my research. So I found out last minute, like it was the UW thing that happened the second round, except way worse because I only applied to four schools. And I don't think I was eligible for any of those because I didn't apply for any of them this time. So I feel much better with this round. Great. And I think um, just having the oh, oh, so last time we were down to the wire or probably even a little bit after like the final deadline, weren't we? If I'm recalling. I, mean, I think it was like down to the minutes of submitting the essay, like writing the essay and pasting it into CASPA for submission. It was definitely not ideal. I, I'm sorry that you were 
<laughs> that I was expending a lot of energy for that for me. Yeah. Well, there's like this episode of The Simpsons, early episode of The Simpsons, where like Homer's trying to file their taxes, and then he like basically like crumples it all up into a ball and then wrap like wraps it all up with like tape and like tries to throw it into like a basket and so they're able to follow their taxes very like haphazardly and it kind of felt like that of just like <laughs> getting down to it and um but that's a story to tell i've distinctly remember being in uh that one cafe like trying to figure out like what to say about like what we should be putting in your essay mm-hmm. it's like near um the, the, the land tigers and squares oh the one with no bathroom yeah it's like third rail or something third yeah rail. the third rail that's the one yeah, I re- distinctly remember being in Third Rail Coffee and just being like, fuck, we're getting down to it. We need, really need to write this essay. <laughs> uh, and then just and I just felt like this still isn't there yet. And and then I was just like, shit, we got to get this done. And then, uh, yeah. When is the actual deadline for submission? My first deadline is September 1st, so <laughs> we're like a solid week early. Yeah. Before the, like that's the end of the window. Yeah, for some schools. It's September 1st, and then there's one, there's some in on October 1st, and then I think November, and then beyond, which they don't even matter anymore. Because <laughs> I knew that I wanted to just submit them now because some schools have rolling admissions. So the sooner, the better, the later, the less chance there is. But you never know. Honestly, I don't know why. I, I never really understood rolling admission anyway because, like, why have a deadline if you're going to have rolling admission? You might not even have any spots available by the deadline. But to each their own. It's a scam. I think it's a scam. <laughs> rolling, rolling admission is basically saying uh, if if you think we still have spots open, then by all means apply. Chances are they're full, but we won't tell you either way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so I'm part of this forum, like a PA forum online, and there's one school that I'm following that I applied to, and somebody had not yet applied um, and I hadn't either at that time. And so someone posted saying um, that this school is all rolling admissions. Is it worth it for me to apply? Because I'm, I'm hoping to submit by this week. And one person replied saying that in past cycles, there have been, there has been like at least somebody who submitted right like, closer to the deadline and actually got in. So there's never, like you can never tell there might be people who get offered spots early on and then they, they get offered at a different school and they take that instead. So wait list is a real possibility, but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see when, when the interviews start rolling in and acceptance letters start coming through. So I'm, I'm not sure yet. I haven't gotten this far in the research of like, how much time you have to decide if a school does offer acceptance or or whatnot because then if if one of the schools that I'm like least excited about offers me a spot but I haven't heard back yet from another place that I've interviewed then I would want to try to wait for those other places right I don't want to just settle quickly if I don't have to but I do want to get in so <laughs> We'll, we'll cross that bridge and we get a little closer to that. Yeah. What's funny to me is that you refer to my cousin as Manong Brandon, even though you're older than him. But probably because that's how I've always referred to him. Oh, yeah. You're right. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's also so close in age to me that really it never it never did really make sense from a, an American perspective of like so he's only six months older five months older than i am yeah i mean i don't call him modern by to his face i just call him brandon <laughs> dr b dr pearl yeah. one of the many dr Peraltas in my family um <laughs> so okay we are at one hour in the uh in the recording uh and we're i'd say about two-thirds of the way through where everything that we wanted to talk about would you okay breaks so that it can reset the recording and then we can continue on sure yeah, it just feels like a good stopping point right now okay okay maraming salamat Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Bali Song. You can reach me at kp at thebalisong.com. The Instagram and Twitter handle is at thebalisong. The voicemail number is 408-800-1556. Or leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thebalisong. Affirmations, comments, critiques, poetry, everything is welcome. Thanks again for listening. Stay sharp.